Hey, Trash Talkers, welcome to brand new Throat Punch Mondays. So excited to bring you this from our Female Warrior Veteran Trash Talk Edition. This is going to be brand new. We're going to do incredible things. I don't know why in the world these ladies were not part of this podcast from the beginning, but we have fixed that. So I want to introduce to you two incredible, amazing, beautiful women who have also served in the military, who are a huge part of our Veteran Trash Talk community. So if you don't know who they are, then you're not part of our community and you need to come and join us. But we are going to do a quick intro of these lovely ladies. We're going to tell you a little bit about who they are now, what they did in the military, and we're going to get into some really meaty stuff today. So stick with us. And without further ado, I want to introduce Letha. Tell us who you are, what you're doing, your time in the military, and why you're part of this awesome community. My name's Letha. If you're part of the community, you may know I'm one of the admins on the Veteran Trash Talk. I put the crack down on you guys. No, I love hanging out with you guys. The reason I'm part of the community is to, I really want to end veteran suicide. 22 is way too much. It's higher than any suicide rate in other countries. I served in the Air Force from 1990 to 1996. I was communication electronics. So I did wideband communication, base communication, and combat camera. Since I was a female technician, there wasn't a lot of us. So it was some interesting times. At times it was trying and times it was awesome. And I've been married 30 years to my tech school sweetheart. So, hey, that's one of those uh, tech school marriage success stories that you never hear, right? But uh, he's awesome. I have four kids. I'm currently a student at Brigham Young University, Idaho, studying public health with a minor in marriage and family studies to see if I can make an impact on the community. Awesome, Letha. No doubt you will. And you already are. You're making a huge impact with our veteran trash talk community for sure. So I'm so excited to have you join and we're going to do incredible things. All right. (laughs) Lynn, without further ado, tell us about you, my dear. Hey guys, my name is Lynn. If you know me from VTT, I am one of the moderators on there. I post a lot of the fun interactive posts. Um, Lita's the one who does all the whipping. She whips people into shape. I like to keep it fun and quirky. I've been with VTT since since last year, about a November timeframe. So I've loved it. And I believed in the mission so much. It was Joe that talked to me. He, and he can talk for hours if you talk to him. <laughs> but he talked to me about the mission and everything going on. Um, I was like, yeah, I would definitely love to be part of that. I believe de- deeply in that. Um, I was in the Navy. I did about 10 years and I served on USS McCampbell DDG-85, USS Nimitz CBN-68, Fax Fax San Diego, also Pearl Harbor Submarine Base. I was an operations specialist and surface warfare, air warfare qualified. I did air intercept control. So that was my, my specialty. So operation specialist, we did uh, radars. So we gather, process, detect, and track um, contacts out there to, and then send it to command and control center. So I worked in um, a place called Combat Direction Center and Combat Information Center. The nerves, like the brains of the ship, like where you can actually see what's going on. Today, I work with Department of Homeland Security. I have a master's degree in project management. And I am married for 10 years now. And we didn't meet in the Navy. We met at a bar. (laughs) And we have three kids. That's it. 
Awesome. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you, Lynn. I know, like, so excited because just in the last week or so that we have been chatting and brainstorming about this, I have just been more and more excited about what we're going to do with this podcast with you ladies. So, so thrilled to have you. For anybody that doesn't know me or my story, I was in the Army Reserves from 2000 to 2006. And then I went active duty until 2013. I was a truck driver. And then I went, I, I really enjoyed having my head attached to my body. So I decided to change my job and went uh, Intel. I was an analyst for three years and then I was counterintelligence for four years. That's my background. I did meet my husband in the army. Uh, he was infantry. I felt like I couldn't, like I tried to date civilian guys and I, I was just like, mm, I'm sorry, buddy. Like, you're just too weak for me. So so he, he and I met in the military. We've been married for 12 years and we have three kids. Super excited, ladies. And we're going to talk about something. We have a role that we're going with the show or like an outline. We're going to talk about some serious stuff for a minute. We're really going to talk about some homelessness with female veterans, but we are going to talk about some good stuff too. So make sure you stick with us to the end. I think you're going to like it. So let's shout it out to NeuroFlow, who is our sponsor. So make sure that you are, especially if you are a leader, you are taking a look at that and guiding your troops to that so that they can get some help they need right from an app on their phone at neuroflow.com. Okay, the big thing is we wanted to come together. Like I, I really thought about this. Like I've been really loving the show and I love being able to interview women who have been through a lot of things. And I, I, before I was asked to do this show, uh, I really didn't like a whole lot of women in the military because I think it's really hard, right? It's like, I know for me, and I want, I want to get your take on this, but for me, it was really hard to meet other women that I got along with really well, because there's a whole lot of um, competition. There's this underlying, like, who are you? Are you one of those or one of those? Are we going to get along? Like, how do you serve in the military? And I feel like it's just really hard for women to connect. And uh, so a lot of times I didn't. And I mean, I did connect with a few, like a good handful while I was serving, but a lot of them, like I was enlisted and they were officers. So I couldn't really like truly connect, like, out, you know, away from work and off duty hours. Uh, but I'd love to get your take on why it's such a battle for women in the military to connect with, with one another. And I want us to be able to address that, not just today, but, you know, address it more in the future as well, because I feel like that is one of the reasons why, like, we're going to talk about female homelessness, uh, female veteran homelessness. And I think that's part of it because we don't really build a, a good community because of that lack of trust, right? I mean, what are your thoughts, ladies? They try to categorize you. Um, they try to really put you in, like, are you the mom? Are you the person that sleeps around? You know, like, are you, if you're, if you're strong, they label you with a certain curse word, which I shall not repeat, but they try to put you in a little, since female, there's not a lot of female vets, we're only 10% of the overall military. They try to put you in a little pigeonhole. And so it creates, and plus um, my, a couple of my shops, I was the only female for a while. So I didn't really get to see a lot of 
female interactions with other vets. I think, I think Letha, you're right. They try to put us in a bubble. Like, oh, you're a female, so this is what you do. This is what you are, especially in the military. And I hate to say this, and I know it's probably not politically correct, but it's a it's a man's world, right? So it's predominantly male. It's so you have to try right? to right. So you kind of have to try to fit in, and then even trying to be one of the boys and being one of the guys is kind of overrated. Because what does that really mean? Because we're all in the military together, you know? And so does that mean that because I'm one of the boys, I have to ostracize this other female, you know, when we're all in it together? Um, fortunately, when I was in, there was a good population of females already. I, I was in in the early 2000s. And I think at that time, they had a push to bring females on. And um, females were just starting to get on the ships. And so I was in operations department and um, we had quite a few females. So I was like lucky and unlucky enough to be surrounded by 80 females in my, in what we call a birthing on the ship. So um, I think also coming into the military, most of us are young, right? So most of us are not 21 yet. Um, a lot of us have that, you know, we come from high school. So you're, you're clicked up, there's different clicks or you're supposed to be this way or you're supposed to be that way. When in the military, we're all doing the same mission. We're all like supposed to like just focus on work. So as females, all of us wanna be an alpha female, right? Whereas males, like, you know, there's alpha males and then there's other males who do their job or their role or whatever it is that they do. But a lot of times females can be catty. So that's like an obstacle there in itself, you know. What do you think, Leah? I've got a lot happening in my background here, but I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I mean, because we do come from different backgrounds too, and, you know, you have that, like, maybe the popular girls and then the unpopular girls. And then we're all coming together to be, like, on an e even playing field. And all of a sudden, it's like there's not really a, a popularity contest. But it do does go back into, like, I mean, I know I personally dealt a lot with the whole, like, are you a bitch or a slut? Right? I'm just going to say it. And I, I mean, I was labeled as as both, uh, because when I was in Iraq, you know, cause I was in the reserves, I was a bartender when I wasn't serving active duty. And so when I was in Iraq, I saw a lot of soldiers that I used to serve beer to. So I'd be like, Oh, Hey, like, I didn't know their name, but I was like, Hey, Bud Light bottle, what's going on? I'm looking at them in the chow hall, right. In the chow hall. But then when I go on a mission, I'm getting in my ear on the radio, like, what a slut I am because I'm sleeping with dude in the chow hall. Right. I didn't, I touched the guy. I said, hello. But then all of a sudden, Oh, I'm sleeping with him. And that, that happened all throughout my deployment where I was like, Oh, well, who are you sleeping with now? And I'll be like, get like, are you kidding me? But I was also the bitch because I wasn't sleeping with any of them. Right. But then you do have some other females like because I, I'm, I'm sure that probably caused a wedge with other women wanting to be friends with me. I mean, they don't want to be associated with that because you are who you associate with. So they don't want to be a slut and they don't want to be a bitch. So they didn't really associate with me. Right. Right. But then I was also very judgmental towards other women 
because then I'd see them coming out of somebody else's room or whatever. And oh, here she is going to get promoted. Right. So I think there's a lot of that. And instead of us coming together and really trying to help one another and, and, and talk and just, and be supportive, it was just easier because life is hard to just sit back and judge others. I mean, it was, it was for me, that was my experience. Letha, what do you think? Um, it depended on the base. It really depends on how your command is, you know, how's your commander? Does he set it up like my first base? It was a very toxic environment. Uh, no offense to anybody I served with, but it was a very toxic environment. But ne my next base, I served with other females and it was great. And we all like work together to help each other, you know, and my last base the same way. So I really think it depends on the tone your command sets and the people above you set. I would agree with that, Letha, also, because my last command, it was on, it was on the same ship. So I was on this ship for about five years. And, um, but we, we, um, cycled through people and cycled through commands and leadership and stuff. But the last leadership that was there, amazing. Everyone got along well. We already did like four deployments to get, like this was our fourth deployment together. Like everyone knew each other inside and out um, as far as professionally and outside of the ship. And so everyone got along well and there was um, not a lot of that cattiness or whatnot. But I feel like when you're initially starting off like you just don't know what to expect or especially when you go to a new command oh there's that new girl oh she's gonna be a slut or who is she gonna sleep with or oh let's or like guys are taking bets about who can get that girl first you know like so that's the kind of environment that we had to step into and because of that you know like for me I focused on work 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 like be the best that you can be and do your job you know, so just doing the best that I could do and striving to be the best like air intercept controller or best operation specialist um, or just being professional all around. And um, for my first few years, I didn't really make a ton of friends. So but then the last my last year, every, every we were all we're a friend, we're family. We we're all friends. So. Well, good. And hopefully, but hopefully we can kind of start addressing more and more of that sort of thing and kind of crushing it because, um, you know, the more that I do this show and, and talk to more female veterans, the more I know, like everybody felt very similarly, you know, and there is a huge community of women who have the same thought process and mindset and served like with honor and integrity. And I think it's important for us to to find each other, you know, so that we can help each other. And that's really what, what we're trying to do with our female, um, warrior edition. Sorry, my brain is like not working and, and doing a throat punch Monday is like, we're really going to start attacking some issues. Um, but we're not always going to be so down in the mouth about it. And we want, we want to find more of you out there. Like if you are a female veteran, like searching for your people, we're here. Here we are. We are your people. <laughs> here we are. So with that being said, let's move forward a little bit. Let's talk about, um, I love this. So Letha actually brought this up with 
homelessness with female veterans. And I had seen some stuff about this before, but I hadn't really had an opportunity to talk about it. So I'm excited that we're going to spend some time tonight talking about it. And that's an issue that homelessness in veterans uh, for the VA, right, estimates the, excuse me, let me try again. The VA estimates 40,000 homeless veterans on a given night. The women's homelessness amount is growing by 7% a year, and the male veterans' homeless population has slowed down to only 1%. My brother's clapping for me out there. So, I mean, this is pretty intense, right? So we've got female veteran homelessness is growing, our male homelessness is, is decreasing, like why? Why is that happening? Okay, so I have a story time, um, if that's okay. <laughs> um, I served with one of my, she's one of my bestest friends. We served in the Navy together. We did about three deployments together. And I remember when she first got on the ship, I was like, you, you look cool. You're gonna be my friend. Anyway. Um, fast forward to today, she's out, she's out of the Navy, um, disabled veteran, you know, and then got into some rough times. So I just talked to her like a couple days ago and she's been in this abusive relationship, domestic violence. So she had nowhere to go. Right. And this is not the first time that it's happened to her. Um, she's left and then, um, she can't find a place to go. Like shelters are not taking her in because she does have kids or they're to capacity or you have to fill out paperwork to, to, um, what, to meet their standards, like to be able to qualify. So you have to qualify to even be into these shelters. And this is not even talking about veterans. This is talking about like women's shelters. So you have to qualify to even stay there or you go to a shelter and then you find out later on there's fees. So they're charging you fees from staying there, you know? So she's gotten turned away a couple of times and um, she's also looked for assistance. Now get this, the state, uh, the state that she's living in says that she can't get assistance. Why? Why can't she get assistance? Because she's a disabled veteran. She's getting 60% um, disability. So she's like just a tad over poverty line. So poverty line is like right here and like she's literally like right on top of it. They're like, well, nope, too bad. You don't qualify for Section 8. You don't qualify for food stamps. You don't qualify for welfare. Like, no. So, and this, the place that she lives has um, very little resources. And, um, and I've even tried to research for her, um, for people in her situation. So most of the places that would help, um, are like in the Northeast area, um, not in the South. So we're, we're in the South. Um, but yes, it's very unfortunate. And I was like, you know, you would think as a, as a veteran, especially a female with children, like there should be resources out there, but no, they give you hotlines to call. Then they tell you, okay, go look at this place, blah, blah, blah. But then those people tell you, okay, well then you can do this and that, but they don't really like offer any real help. So it's really difficult for her, especially that, I mean, and she's not, an, she's not a drug addict. She's not an alcoholic. So where does she go? If she's a victim of domestic violence and these, there's very little places to even go, any safe places there 
you know, as a female veteran, you would think there was other resources to go to, but there isn't. So at this point, she's actually staying at a hotel. Um, so she, she barely like, you know, the first just came around. So she barely got money, you know, to be able to afford even being at the hotel for who knows how long, because once that running month, that money runs out, then it's gone because you get your disability pay the first and then that's it. So. Wow. And so, and I, I just, so I want to clarify Lynn. So is she, has she, she's tried to go like through the VA also and gotten help. She's gotten, she's gone through the VA and asked for assistance or asked for help. And all they do is give her websites or tell her, well, why don't you try this place or this place and this, and she's gone to those places. And there's probably about three female shelters like that take kids also. They're either full or you have to qualify. And there's all these other stipulations to even try to um, get in. So. But those shelters are not veteran specific. It's, no, it's just, it's like women. So nothing for uh, female veterans mm -hmm. with children. Now, Lisa, you had some, some good information about this, like maybe that ties in, right? It's like, why? Yeah, um, that's it. There's actually um, a higher number of female veterans that are homeless, but um, they're, they're not counted because it says uh, there's five distinct reasons. This is from the VA. Uh, a large percentage of female veterans facing homelessness find ways to live with family or friends. They couch surf for an extended period of time. Um, two, many feel unsafe sleeping on the streets, even in shelters, because it is very unsafe for a female out there. It's unsafe for anybody out there, to be honest. Um, three, many homeless facilities focus on the larger population of male homeless veterans. So a lot of the homeless places just focus on the male homeless veterans because that population is larger. Um, and so they're also more likely to reach out to the VA services than their female counterparts. So a lot of the places are more likely to offer services to the male homeless veterans with VA stuff over the female homeless veterans. Um, number four, many female veterans with children are worried that by accessing services or asking for help against homelessness, their children will be removed from their care. When I was a kid, we lived in the car a lot and that was the main reason my mom never went for help because she was very scared that we would get taken away if she did. Um, and then number five is others learn that many shelters have limits on the number of children that can accompany their mother. So they don't even bother to go. I mean, that's just crazy to me. Cause first of all, aren't there, are there not any male veterans that have kids too, but that's not an issue, I guess. You know, it seems like I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we deal with so much when we're in, we just kind of learn to shove it all down. So then when you, when you get out and you do have issues, which um, I didn't, I don't have stats on this, but I think, I think maybe, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but like one of the issues that leads to homelessness is because they don't have, they don't know the resources that are available and they don't seek the help like for PTSD and anxiety and depression and stuff that they have. Um, and that ends up, cause I feel like a lot of more males end up seeking help for those things. 
That's because it shows differently in males and females. So PTSD for males, uh, a lot of times will show up in like violent outbursts or do you see what I'm saying? But in females, it shows differently, just like autism, signs for autism in females and males are totally different. So they may not realize that they have PTSD. They may just think, oh, it's hormones or it's, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for for a female's trauma's response would be like working overtime and working super hard, like trying to like fix herself up, like be pretty and all that. So the um, the signs are definitely different. And what the VA is looking for is for you to look homely, like no makeup, and you look all like ragged, no shower. Um, you don't want to work. Whereas females, and I don't say like it's for all, you know, and this is not all males either, but um, for females, we, our trauma responses to like overwork and be over independent. Right. Right. And just not talk to anybody like, oh, I'm fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. fine. Yeah. Females, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Yep. Also, I've, um, I've read on, um, I read a study that was done that if you look at where the VA centers are located or even places that help like homelessness population, a lot of them are located in like the Northeast population because it centers around the fact of like World War I, World War II, Vietnam and Korean veterans. And that reflected the population back then where the men and the population were all in like the Northeast area. And now when you look today, most of the veterans come from the South. They come from, or they come from the West, California, Texas, Florida, and like around that area. And most um, veteran women are gonna be in the South or Southeast. So you're not gonna see a lot of help for women in the Southeast or South. So um, that's a, a different, a, another disparity there in the system. Oh, <laughs> oh poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> that mom life. Daddy's home, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, so what do you think ladies like? I mean, I I feel like as a whole, sorry, she's still crying. Um, as a whole, like the VA needs so much work, like so much work. Yeah. But what do you feel like should mostly be addressed here or how we could help in that? I mean, not just we three, but as a community, you know, like what needs to be done or how we could help? Like we, I mean, I think it's, it's good we, we bring it up. What, what sucks is that when it comes to homeless females and then a subcategory of homeless female veterans, is out of sight, out of mind. And so with women, we tend to not wanna be in the spotlight. If we're suffering, we cower away. We're not gonna be out there holding signs. We're not gonna be out there like doing, you know, like looking for people, looking for handouts, I should say. Um, So out of sight, out of mind, right? And so I feel like more, I feel like what we're doing right now is bringing, uh, is shedding light to the situation, you know, and I feel like talking about it more um, would bring the, you know, 
what's going on to light. So, I mean, and then, you know, other organizations or people would start doing things. Cause I mean, just from the three of us, I mean, obviously there's nothing I could do. I'm like, I'm not a millionaire, but if I could, you know, I would build shelters for other women. Um, but there needs to be more coalitions, more organizations, especially in the South or especially in the more populous states where uh, people do join the military from. Yeah. Like that, any thoughts on that? I think there needs to be more education um, to women to know what the signs of PTSD in them are mm -hmm. and what they can do about it. And the people at the VA need to be educated on what to look for in female PTSD but, uh, victims as well. Right. And, but I think, and to, so anybody that finds this show and listens, you know, if you're struggling, whether it's homelessness or whether it's something else, whether you're dealing with PTSD, I think the big thing is to make sure that you're speaking up for yourself to get that help. I mean, what sucks is you got to fight for the help, right? Like, I feel like it's so aggravating, especially when you talk about VA disability and that sort of thing, whether you're a male or female, because it's like you served your time. So if there's issues going on health-wise, you should have to fight for that. But it's a it's a battle. And I know a lot of people end up giving up on that because it's exhausting. Um, it's stressful. If you have anxiety, it brings up your anxiety levels. Really, I mean, it's crazy. But you know, and the other piece too is I feel like if women aren't speaking up, you don't want to be the bitch. You don't want to be loud and like, oh, she's that girl. But without having to do that, sometimes you're just, you're suffering from it. And it, it, I know that that part is not fun to be that one, that girl that has to be loud, but some, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the attention, right? They get the grease. So if that is the case, make sure you're standing up and fighting and asking for help. And if that is, even if that's coming to our veteran trash talk group and asking for help, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're not professionals in that manner, but there's so many of us that are willing to help not only hear out, hear you out, but, you know, see if we can find additional resources or whatever. And that's what this is all about to make sure that our veterans are not alone. And that's why we're wanting to bring this about for our females to know that like, you know, we see you, we hear you. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I agree, Leah, like if, there's anybody that's watching this show, this podcast right now, go ahead and join our group on Facebook called Veterans Trash Talk. Um, and we're out there with a family and we're growing. And definitely if there is a veteran need, we definitely want to help. And I'm sure we're not the only group, but there's plenty of us out there who are more than willing to help. It's just, you have to let your pride go. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with a lot of veterans, not just females. Let your oh, no. pride go and ask for that. Say, hey, this is what's going on and I need this. Don't be afraid to say, I need this, which I am someone who has a lot of pride and it's hard for me to even ask for help. It took me over 10 years to admit that I needed the VA. Or after getting out. So I know 
what it's like. If you need, if you need somebody to talk to, not even just help, like someone to understand your story, reach out, reach out to somebody. Um, and that is the best that we can do, right? Like you have to be your own advocate at this point. Yep. 100%, 100%. And we are like, we're veteran trash talk because that's what we do as veterans. Like we, we get together, we talk trash, we make fun of each other for, you know, cause we all know that Letha didn't do anything in the military cause she was air force. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm on the smartest branch in the military. But when secretly I'm jealous that I didn't join the air force, but I mean, that is what we do. But when it comes down to it, everybody in that group cares. We care for one another. We want everybody not only to succeed, but to thrive. And that's what we're here for. So it's like a family, right? So we're all siblings. Like we can trash talk each other, but don't mess with one of my siblings because I got their back like 100%. You know what I mean? So definitely I got your six. So most definitely. All right, ladies, do we have any parting thoughts? Oh, we got, no, wait, wait, we got on the bright side. I almost forgot. Shoo, wait, first time. <laughs> um, there's a All new right. world. Where on the bright side, Lisa. Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting used to this. Um, <laughs> Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks has started filming again, a new World Wars II series. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Band of Brothers in the Pacific. Those were really good ones. This one's called Masters of the Air. It's based on um, the uh, American bombers called the Eighth Air Force, yay, Air Force, who um, actually were the first to risk flying at 25,000 feet in the air so they can sneak past the Germans to bomb, to bomb the Germans. And they did it in broad daylight. So it was pretty cool. I can't wait to um, see this one. If you're a history nerd, you'll want to see it. <laughs> Uh, yes, I am. And Band of Brothers, somebody actually just asked that in our group the other day and, uh, like what their favorite military movie was. And I said, it's not a movie, but Band of Brothers is my favorite. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be on Apple TV. Sweet. Even better. Even better. All right. Any ladies, any ladies, ladies, (laughs) I'm going to work on my speaking skills. Uh, do we have any parting thoughts before we, um, Give them the last little bit here. Just remember you're loved and cared for. Never give up. (laughs) (laughs) You can't tell Letha is like the, she's definitely like the loving mom. And she, that's why she brings down. That's what Joe tells me. (laughs) You're like the mom of the group. Okay. I don't mind that. Mom who like disciplines the child, but like with a smile, but then the child feels bad because she just says it in such a way that like, yeah, you messed up. Like, well, well, you should let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Lay on the mom guilt. (laughs) The mom guilt for sure. (laughs) It works. I need to pick up on some of that. Um, I'm just so happy to be here and Leah thank you so much for reaching out to us and starting this on our first episode I'm so nervous so I just can't wait to keep doing this and doing more episodes and getting more comfortable with speaking in front of a camera <laughs> I'm excited. So, yeah. it's great and I'm I'm so excited to have you on here it just it it just made sense it's a fit like 
You're yeah. such a huge part of the community. And I know that you have so much value to bring. And so far I'm, I'm pumped. Like you all already made this 10 times better than I ever could have. So I appreciate you both. And I'm excited about future episodes. So to our listeners, remember that you are 10% of the 10%. And don't let anyone ever tell you because you're a female that served that your service wasn't as hard or as as important as anybody else's. We are your voice and we will be heard. We will be heard. We want you to be heard. So let us know if there's something that you'd like to hear about on our show. Just comment about it below. And don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button and come join us over on Facebook at Veteran Trash Talk. We'll see you soon. One final shout out to our sponsor, Neuroflow. Make sure you're checking them out at neuroflow.com for your mental health needs. You can just app on your phone, easy peasy. And all right, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Throat punch. Yeah, throat punch.